All right. This one is the first episode of Rattle That Lock podcast, where we talk to folks about their professions, what inspires them, the dedication that it takes to continue the profession and look get deeper into it, the hard work. And for this first one, first ever episode of Rattle That Lock, I have a friend of mine, Chetan Rao, who is a wildlife conservation biologist. Biologist. Yeah. Wildlife biologist. And uh it's good to have you. Are you comfortable? Yes, yes. Nice. And uh thanks Aditya for calling me. This mm. is possibly my first podcast, so let's see how it goes. Yeah, thanks for actually coming because I had to rattle a lot of locks but nobody <laughs> wanted to come to a studio setup. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of like, you know, thanks Considering for doing this. Considering covid, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um it's fast it fascinates me. I think the first time we met, we were talking about sharks. Mhm. You know, that uh, sharks are not really a very predatorial i mean they are a predator for mm-hmm. sure but they're yeah. not a very aggressive species in you know unless they are fiddled with yeah you know so that comes to the point of like snakes mm-hmm. you love them yeah absolutely so how did this sort of start like your fascination with snakes um well i think it started off when i was a kid and uh, i used to visit my native which is just you know like this open field area surrounded with forests and stuff and which is uh, which is in karwar okay um and uh, the thing about snakes it also sort of links to the one story that i was that i heard from my father mm-hmm. once when uh, he told me about this one incident of well he was walking and he saw eagles swoop down and catch a snake and go back okay but more about snakes is also the curiosity of what they do mm-hmm. uh nobody knows anything about what a snake does unless people see them and possibly also get sometimes freak out right about it but there's an inherent mystery to what they do okay like they are there like people get surprised and this is something that i often tell people that okay they see a snake uh after many days of not seeing them right like that's how it is mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people will just be completely like bamboozled with the fact that oh there's a snake in my neighborhood right but it's been there for a long time and that's what they're so good at they're so mysterious and they're so secretive um but they're also very straightforward in what they do you know their roles and uh, their importance in wherever in whatever habitats they found or just in general um they they very straightforward that way but it's the mystery of it you know i mean if you've ever seen a snake slither into the grass or you know just disappear mm-hmm. you know the the thing about what they do next always that piqued that curiosity in me and that's something that fascinated me about snakes and then there's obviously an academic side to it but right. uh, that initial bound of curiosity came in that and i also would agree uh, i also admit here that um you know i was i was really inspired by some of those people on say discovery right. national geographic yeah. i mean uh, yeah thoughts have evolved over time and mm-hmm. you would really sometimes recommend caution you know about for people who do something like that but back then it was the only thing right it just was uh, you know late 90s and early 2000s so that was the only way of even thinking of it as a career right. or you know having that kind of uh sort of segue into like okay this is something i can do when i'm a grown up and uh, then you know as sort of opportunities came by it sort of like began to grow uh, mm-hmm. from from a professional point of view and the curiosity about snakes and the intrigue about snakes kept on uh you know they kept on growing it, it, it just didn't go away 
and i remember reading it somewhere that uh, everyone is a herpetologist everyone is interested in animals till they're 13 okay <laughs> and if they continue to love animals after they're 13 then they end up becoming like one of us okay so that is uh, that is something like i was really i think that prophecy came true for me because <laughs> it just remained I and mean, i couldn't i really couldn't think of doing anything else right as a profession so and snakes just sort of kept me going on that way snakes so, are mysterious right yeah they, are, they Do you are. think because of that aspect of them being like that Mm-hmm. that is the reason there is so much of taboo is that if that is correct or yeah. that sort of See, uh, negative imagery correct. behind uh, snakes means you know because the first action that anyone has mm-hmm. is fear yeah absolutely they are aware of the fact mm-hmm. what it's capable of yeah uh, secondly is also the information that is out there mm-hmm. the first one is always Yeah, it's a negative Go one. Kill it, it, yeah. Or, yeah. or just or kill it. Mhm. Right. Yeah. Uh it's because it's a mysterious thing. Yeah. Um when it comes to let's it's also the information, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe the information about snakes was a positive enforcement yeah. in your life. Yeah. Hence you see it in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. most of us don't. Yeah. Yeah, can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, uh see there are two sides to it. Uh one is the cultural side to it and one is a uh, is a core evolutionary biological side to it. Okay. Um if you if I'll I'll start with the biological side first. Mm-hmm. Um you know traditionally uh primates uh have an innate sense of fear for snakes. Right. Uh wherever they see a snake they throw a rackus you know if if you if you're ever in a forest and you see uh you know a troop of monkeys sitting somewhere the only thing that will really rattle them uh, apart from a predator is a mm-hmm. snake. Um and there are there are many footages nowadays of uh, these snakes being thrown stones at by monkeys and you know like yeah. harassed and just just like push it away now that kind of fear also has remained because you look at us as a species and how we evolved we were sort of hunter gatherers in africa right and it's right. and when i say africa it's it's the open plains mm-hmm. part of africa and um, you know we used to when we used to spend a time in the night sleeping uh we were always wary of snakes because right. they would just sort of crawl into come very close uh, you know the risk of a snake bite is always higher correct so you know it's very difficult to sort of remove yourself from that possibility mm-hmm. of a snake bite or a snake being there and causing you potential harm which it does uh but uh, the the taboo of it mm-hmm. uh took a much more cultural term because that's what we ulti- ultimately settled down mm-hmm. in terms of knowing about them right um you see a snake it's supposed to bite you it's supposed to kill you that is that remained right. while it's only a small proportion of snakes that even if you really push them they bite and that, that's when they cause all the trouble in the world but uh, till then you know a snake is as scared as you are of it in fact it's more terrified of you correct and its defense is to run away that's the first thing right. that comes to its mind unless it gets cornered unless like, it gets like cornered. any other animal yeah absolutely i mean you i mean you wouldn't like anyone coming and grabbing you and touching you or correct you know without your permission right, right. it's it's as simple as that no animal likes that yeah. and you got to respect personal boundaries i mean in whatever Definitely. and uh, that that applies to animals even more that it's so fascinating right like how you say like if like i think you had mentioned once saying if you're walking on the street mm. and somebody comes and just pushes you out of mm-hmm. a random 
thing your first mm-hmm. reaction is going to be aggression yeah yeah you know i mean we we do have a vocal cord so hence we are vocal about Correct. it or if yeah. it is the danger levels are little higher mm-hmm. you get physical yeah you know but once it comes down to the animal kingdom mm-hmm. it's sort of like you know because you are a superior species mm-hmm. and there is a dominating factor because you have tools and yeah. things like that yeah. it just goes completely different right yeah i mean you look at it from a snake's perspective mm-hmm. it's on the ground right you are about like 5 feet or 6 feet looking at it from top mm-hmm. and it's an it's an intimidating sight for the animal right and uh, see there's no nuance in how animals sometimes perceive right. threat they they have a fear or fight response mm-hmm. uh flight or fight response and they seem to sort of exercise the flight option a lot more because it's safer right right you don't have any injuries you don't deal with you know any complications later it's only when you're cornered and when you are like then it becomes a fight to death um and then uh, it is then that's how those scenarios are completely upon you like if you have the sense to just let the animal be then no harm is going to come your way have you seen these uh, i don't know maybe on instagram or or just um, on these news channels there, there are communities mm-hmm. um there are snake worshipers mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and they live among snakes and the snakes are minding their business yeah. they are like i mean there are pools of snakes they're yeah. just not one or two mm-hmm. so it's sort of like they're living in such harmony yeah uh and even uh, those which islands are those which are which people cannot go to the snake island in near brazil mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like there are people who have to go over there yeah and fix the light mm-hmm. the lighthouse mm-hmm. i guess that is the thing yeah and they're sort of in their own zone correct and uh, and they have kind of morphed and they have ev- like evolved like they sort of uh, they uh, prey on birds mm-hmm. yeah so I mean there has to be a characteristic uh, thing to snake I don't know if like do they have personalities do they have sort of uh, I don't know about that because have you seen that um, documentary uh, on Netflix uh, which is uh, the octopus one mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, my teacher absolutely yeah. right so it talks about a lot about the personality of mm-hmm. an octopus and yeah. since then I mean I have been thinking okay uh, octopus we generally i mean i'm a chef so mm-hmm. <laughs> i cook octopus <laughs> now i'm just saying you know i'm thinking yeah. twice about doing that like you know because no. there's such beauty i mean it's beautiful characteristic absolutely see uh, personalities exist in very different forms in all animals mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it and you know when you define personality it's about the individual self awareness of its environment right. and how that in organism perceives it Now in some cases uh, animals are able to or some individual animals are able to grasp it much better than others mm-hmm. um and that sort of exists to a certain degree in snakes i wouldn't say that you can really pursue personalities the way you do it in humans or right. animals that are slightly more intelligent uh, that way but we have seen that kind of personality like um it, so you know this was uh, like this which was, is which is the snake on that britney spears <laughs> uh the video with the the big python that you know the celebrity uh, snake that goes i don't remember goes, that now i think it's probably was it one of those boas that uh, like that she has imagine the snake's personality mm. it's like now it's a celebrity right i mean i mean it's a celebrity <laughs> according to the world i mean according to people but uh, it for the snake it has no idea what is happening i mean right. it is just is just there and mm-hmm. uh the fact that the snake has also been handled a lot by Correct. people so it's a uh, it's used to yeah, yeah it's used, used to, to it. it's used to the environment but you can't expect the same out of a snake that was freshly caught mm-hmm. in the wild 
um so you know that that's where that comfort level also comes in animals because right. they they fed well and you know all their needs are sort of taken care of so they don't really show out that aggressiveness because they don't have to really strive for food right and, and so so that is what happens but talking about personalities i have seen that you know uh, when i was when i was doing my masters uh, i was i spent a lot of time in this forest called agumbe which is in central karnataka okay it's a rainforest and um, I was dragging this we were basically studying this animal called the king cobra which is mm-hmm. true to its name it's really a king because it's huge this guy is about 14 to 15 feet in length Whoa. right really like and uh, and a fact interesting fact is that king cobras have no natural enemies of their own apart from their own kind okay so they can be equated to say tigers or mm-hmm. you know all these super carnivores uh, so it's a super carnivore and once you are a super carnivore you know it Right. And the king cobra actually knew that it knows it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it sort of, it's the only animal that sort of sits in front of an open field, and looks up at you, right? Like you know, it's chilling or it's just walking around. If it's looking for food, then it's just minding its own business. Um, many few snakes actually show that kind of openness because they know that they're going to be picked up by someone, mm-hmm. right? As some predator, some predatory threat somewhere. But uh, with this guy, it knows that it's the boss, right? So it just sort of. so swings around in swagger and just like you know has its like you can really see that it knows who's the boss there and in a fight it's going to win yeah. like it's there is no backing down from a king cobra that way so, so i mean i can i can only imagine like let's say for tigers right mm. i mean you know from a cub to being a juvenile mm. until you're an adult mm. right you know i mean you learn through experiences yeah. you, that's what is it the same for snakes yeah, yeah. yeah. it yeah. is it it's is like, it is so how does the training or like how does I mean I don't know if there is yeah. a mama snake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean see snake mamas are like uh, I've given you birth and now it's your job That's to job too, yeah, yeah. now you job to just live your whole life on yeah. your own. So uh but most of the experiences are also it, it is a it's a mix of chance and mm-hmm. real learning. Correct. Um snake babies if they born like too many so a few will survive, right? right? So that's that's the numbers game right there. but also you know how good at their their hide they're at hiding and or you know uh, only try and like go out when they supposedly have no predator around or right. something like that they need i don't know if there's any cons like proper conscious decision making mm-hmm. involved because a lot of it is just hardwired right. it's just how they are they know immediately uh, what to do it just seems that they know what they were born to do and so they seem to just operate on those lines as well there's very little you know to talk about it from an academic perspective mm-hmm. but if you spend too much time with these animals you sort of tend to develop this you know this association which mm-hmm. mostly is your inference it's right. not it's very difficult to sort of uh, you know get it verified you know and you can't really talk to a snake like that so it's it's but you sort of try and make some sense of what the animal is doing right. so in terms of an individual understanding of it um most of them are just hardwired and they just sort of like continue to do what they're doing um which is why they also uh you will get into trouble deliberately right. because they or they're hungry so they'll just get into areas where they are they, they might be in trouble but it's one emotion that overrides them right. so because it's really fascinating because i was checking out your instagram the other day mm. and you had posted this um, snake which the tip of the tail yeah. was like a spider yeah. and it's yeah. and it's like camouflaged yeah. in some way yeah and it's moving its tail mm. around and it looks like a, just a spider yeah. sort of mm. 
I mean, it, like that's super. I mean, in my like when I see that, mm. my first reaction is like, "Hold, I'm not going that direction." <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, But I, yeah. I think it's going to be different for you, right? Because yeah. there'll be so much of interest of like how, yeah, like that came about. Correct. So there are two sides to it. Uh, one is how did it develop that particular mm-hmm. character? It's interesting. I mean, it'll be mind-boggling if there's some engineering feat right there. Yeah. But it most of biology is an engineering feat. Right. And um, it is something that must have happened like a freak of incident. Like one of the snakes, somewhere like many million, many million years ago, would have developed with a tail that was deformed, maybe. Mm-hmm. And you know, it it began to use it in a particular direction, and it just happened by chance that it. Happen to use it in that way. By any chance, the rattlesnake sort of the rat. You know how the rattlesnake. The rattlers, yeah. yeah. So that part of the tail sort of bloomed. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's quite possible. See, yeah. most of what we see, you know, in in and this is what evolution uh, teaches us, or even what evolutionary biologists are looking at. For a long time, there are two schools of thought. One is the function influences the form. Mm-hmm. and the other is the form causes the function okay so you know you if you're born with say an extra uh an extra finger mm-hmm. and it somehow helps you in yeah. your environment okay then it enhances your survival chances mm-hmm. and if you're alive you're going to have some progeny or kid of your own yeah and there's a good chance that you pass that extra finger character to that child Correct. as well um and this happens over many multiple Mm-hmm. generations and uh, you know the character gets stuck to those generation of people and you will have those extra fingered uh, you know generation of people walking around and that is precisely what happens with 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 evolution because it's it's many many generations right. and uh, so with that with that interesting behavior yeah you know it's what is it snake called by the way it's called as a, a spider tailed viper if i'm not mistaken okay and um, It's 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 I think it's one mostly in so if it America. if the viper thing didn't scare you <laughs> <laughs> the spider thing would definitely yeah yeah I yeah. mean see see people have genuine phobias of spiders yeah. like arachnophobia and phobias are mostly mm-hmm. just uh, irrational fear it just right. happens to just you know um, scare the living daylights out of people right um, and uh, it's only amplified in say popular movies and mm-hmm. cultural references. because they're not cute they're not cuddly so yeah. they're like terrifying to look at but it's but they're so intelligent in their own way mm-hmm. like uh, you know the way they live in their environment yeah they sort of like you know also there are different shapes and sizes of spiders some do not uh, some do not lay build is extricate beautiful and symmetrical Mm-hmm. We, you know these like right, yeah. we struggle with symmetry all the time like i right. remember as a student of geometry mm-hmm. uh, and we had to draw diagrams uh, or even like draw scientific diagrams and you need symmetry and right. you need that skill in your hand to draw symmetrical structures on either sides and my brain used to struggle with that because one side would be this shape and the other would look similar to it but not symmetrical but you have an animal here mm-hmm. that is you know hanging on the in the air and is shooting webs and builds this beautiful design all on its own right so you know a lot of bio- like i said i keep on sticking to the fact that hopping on the fact that biology is is engineering like on steroids and uh, it's this is like self made self belief or whatever self wired i think uh, if you were given time by your teachers yeah 
you know how long it takes a spider to build a web right <laughs> yeah. so it has all the time in the world it right it has but then every I mean, time it's it, not like you know an exam is coming next come on yeah, buddy you know that's true <laughs> get that's that out, true and get that's that like, i mean yeah that pressure is there but it's for that for the spider the pressure is if i don't build this i'm going to die yeah exactly or so I won't a, get like yeah, yeah. so it's going to be um uh, you know you look at it this way that every time it makes an attempt it's it looks sort of like perfect mm-hmm. so so historically or or in the chain of evolution snakes have always been a land uh, reptile or is, was it uh, an amphibian before uh, so uh, snakes are you know snakes and lizards both are right. called as uh, squamid reptiles okay that squamid the word means completely scale like the mm-hmm. entire bodies are called with scales so you look at any other reptile like turtles or crocodilians there are mm-hmm. parts which are skin right uh, they look scaly but they're not really scales because these scales like really come off if mm-hmm. you you know they 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 completely they outgrow themselves right. and uh, skin doesn't grow with them mm-hmm. so many lizards many snakes will shed their skin right and uh, so they in the evolutionary link uh yes amphibians did lead to the evolution of what we call as tetrapods mm-hmm. but the definition of a reptile is also very vague and vast because right. anything that's not a bird mammal frog or a fish is called as an amphibian anything okay. that is a vertebrate mm-hmm. and um sorry a reptile okay. and uh, you have like you know similar structures everywhere uh so um snakes evolved quite separately and there are two schools of thought Mm-hmm. one is the tradition one is a classic that its ancestor was a burrowing animal so it lost all its limbs okay you know but then you have snakes that evolved there's also another school of thought that says snakes evolved from say you know reptile uh, aquatic reptiles mm-hmm. like mosasaurs or something okay. like that like they have an aquatic origin and you know so far the evidence is stuck with the fossorial the terrestrial there is still um side of things mm-hmm. but uh, we don't know we're still learning more about them but yeah that's 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 how they evolved and the first you know it's over almost 150 million years yeah. old uh, or more uh, of 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 years of evolution so mm-hmm. we have like snakes in different forms and sizes they come in all kinds of shapes and sizes like they ones that live in your flower pot right to the giant anaconda that's the range you know in sizes that you can see you know So yeah. have you have you seen that video of that person sort of um, I, I, like playing with the with the anaconda which one is that and there are lots of such videos now I'm, okay uh, it's not a pun <laughs> just saying of <laughs> 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 a guy playing with an anaconda no uh, no it, i think he was sort of um, by the government of brazil mm-hmm. um, i don't know imprisoned or uh, sort of a heavy fine was put mm-hmm. on him right yeah because it was like the anaconda was trying it had just eaten it was trying to mm. uh, get back into the river mm. and uh, he was just this person was just taking its tail and moving it around yeah. and not allowing it to go oh okay i mean yeah first i of mean all, uh, that that snake can engulf an entire human course, right i mean, I mean it, 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 even if it's not able to engulf a human i mean i've seen this this really i mean this actually i came up or rather i'd seen it on a whatsapp forward once mm-hmm. that uh, this guy is holding on to a python and right. um, he so you know what people normally do is they they don't know what snake they're holding on to so they all hold them the same way right and but you know snakes they don't have any arms right, right. and legs so they use their body mm-hmm. like they, it's it's an extra organ mm-hmm. uh, an appendage or sort and uh, this this um 
दिस दिस पाइथन बिकॉज इट्स मिड बॉडी वॉज वॉट एवर फ्री स्टार्ट टू स्लोली कॉल अराउंड इज नेक दिस डूड नेक एंड हीज होल्डिंग ऑन टू इट्स फेस और इट्स हेड थिंकिंग दैट फेस एंड इज गोन बी सेफ एंड वी कुड सी दैट इन दीडियो यू कुड सी दैट हिज फेस स्टार्ट टू चेंज कलर Yeah. And in 5 seconds this guy is knocked out. Yeah. Right because his the snake has tightened itself so strong around its neck mm-hmm. that you know the blood supply to possibly his brain has just been cut off. And that just happens in 5 seconds like it is that's the strength of this animal. Yeah. And, and this is an anaconda we're talking about. Yeah, right? but yeah. this is okay. a python that I'm python, talking okay, about. Okay. An Indian rock python. This okay. was some this was uh, some part of India that mm-hmm. this this was recorded and people are just still recording and freaking out what to do. and this nigga let go of him after you right. he obviously had to really let go of that animal and so you know this is what i'm trying to say that you know st- strength in animals is quite multiple right it's um, it you define its strength is something that they are all born with mm-hmm. and you got to respect that and an anaconda can easily even if not swallow can easily kill you by strangulation or constriction and they're all they're all muscle and they tighten more the more you struggle the more they tightening around you it's a, it's a it's stronger than a vice right you know so it's 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 like you can't it, there are no emotions to explain what an animal goes through when they are caught by an anaconda like that it's it's very interesting because i always see humans or people uh, always having okay this is big snake mm. uh, this is an anaconda mm. they always want a trophy right mm mm-hmm. uh that's i think that's why it was always the head of a tiger yeah, like yeah. i think that i think uh, there's a big market yeah for tiger skin tiger tooth yeah, yeah. tiger correct so it's see, there are these are all tiger cult- blood <laughs> yeah absolutely there's also a market for tiger penis oh is it um, sure, yeah sure. yeah and uh, what so what do they do with it they make a soup out of it what are you saying it's 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 a uh, Um, yeah, is it, is, it, is it a Chinese thing? Yeah, and okay. it's supposed to make you turn it, turn you into a tiger in your afterlife. After yeah, okay. or, or your after hours mm-hmm. uh, sessions. Okay, if you know what I mean. No, uh, I it. So it it's um, it's it's incredible because uh, on one side it's absolutely fascinating to know the kind of associations people have, mm-hmm. like you know, I'm a tiger or I'm the I'm the yeah. king of the jungle or like that. that association that people really want to live with yeah and the second is and it sort of translated into either hunting it mm-hmm. or you know having like posing with it yeah uh, because you know you're really powerful uh, if I you outsmarted a yeah, tiger exactly i mean you didn't do it yeah. out of sheer strength you just Correct. did it because you have a tool yeah but uh, the fact that you you people associate that kind of association mm-hmm. as well or have that kind of association as well which is which is really like it It, it's a mixed bag of emotions on one side you can really utilize that to say okay now yeah. this is a good reason to actually preserve them because you know you have something that everyone every generation can enjoy yeah right rather than it being stuffed into your closet or on your wall uh, it it's much better that it just roams around and you actually enjoy this you know creation or this form, or this this evolution of this particular organism uh, rather than just having a possession of it um the market for it so there are there are two ways so many of these animals get hunted mm-hmm. uh, they poached and they sold in southeast asian markets right many of them are straight consumption like okay. you know it's part of the traditional medicine mm-hmm. belief like mostly we call it traditional chinese medicine right because uh, they the, the chinese really believe that you are what you eat okay so i mean there's some degree of truth to it but in terms of the medical properties that the chinese claim that these animals have mm-hmm. it's just 
bogus exactly right i mean when it comes to um, there, there was a sort of a documentary on the shark fin soup mm-hmm. okay uh, it's nothing it's just a blob yeah i mean it has no flavor correct it has absolutely n- i mean you can put a dumpling mm-hmm. in your soup and mm. that will work yeah but it it was always about the unattainable aspect Correct. of it it's yeah. a shark it's one of the it's a predator of the ocean yeah. and uh, you know and we have found it we made a soup out of it mm-hmm. well what about the 90% of the body mm. that's that yeah. gets dumped into Correct. uh the ocean yeah and i mean imagine the worst kind of it's like taking a tiger cut chopping his leg off putting it back into the wild mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. the same sort of thing and it's still continued it's just an unattainable food yeah. so you know it's something oh we haven't yeah Oh. I mean one good thing that's come out of recent times is that uh, there is a there's been a hyper awareness about shark yeah. fin uh, banning the shark fin or if you want to eat the shark eat the whole right. animal and just don't go after the parts like that mm-hmm. it's you know it's also very cruel cuz sharks like you know they are they are quite special animals that mm-hmm. they are not like Uh, they evolved very separately they have had a very long course of uh, evolution you know in on yeah. earth and and they've been in our oceans for a very very long time mm-hmm. what's been what's rather also interesting to look at today is because shark numbers have really come down because of say fishing and overfishing and they don't breed like other fishes they give birth to live young so they invest a lot in their babies um and so it the practice what, itself what happens once these species are no more because i don't think people are going to learn mm-hmm. um they're going to go away yeah. I, i really believe that because mm-hmm. we are enjoying a certain beauty for a very short yeah. period of time yeah. what happens when the sharks go away the whales start declining so you know see the, these are all uh, it's 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 same thing you, you know if you own a car and if i remove of the steering wheel okay i remove the steering wheel or i take the seat out or i take one engine part what happens to the car then it's useless right? yes exactly so the these animals play a certain functional role in mm-hmm. the ecosystem and it's not just something that we've learned in school uh, and uh, it's uh, or something that you remember you sort of repeat it so often that you become in sort of you're not really affected by it anymore because it's something oh i've been listening to this for so long yeah. but you know but they actually do affect uh to get a good population of to keep a good population of fishes you need the sharks because right. they will keep I'll give you I'll give you a very interesting example. This is something this is this has actually come uh, has been observed uh, in Lakshadweep and this is uh, like where my uh, a few of my colleagues have been working. Okay. Um there used to be shark fishing in Lakshadweep. Okay. okay. And Lakshadweep has this beautiful stretch of what we call a seagrass meadow. Seagrasses mm-hmm. are very important. They they are important in battling climate change because they ca- soak in a lot of carbon. Okay. And uh, they're also important habitats for small fishes. crabs okay. shrimps you know they all live there make their homes inside the mm-hmm. seagrass beds now because of shark fishing uh, there is to be a species of turtle that visit that particular area okay and it would graze or eat up most of the seagrasses because there's no threat of a predator oh okay and because of that the there's no f- because of the lack of fear of a predator the Uh, the the seagrass beds would be completely overgrazed so there are no seagrasses anymore okay. without the seagrasses the small fishes the crustaceans shrimps they don't have any home anymore right. so you know it's hard, it starts what we call as a cascading effect so you mm-hmm. remove one sec one one sector or one player in the trophic uh, ladder and everything just comes crashing down almost immediately yeah. so they do play a big role and if if i want to put in money you know 
I would have to put billions and billions and billions of dollars while I can just get this done for free. Correct. Or hardly anything. If I just conserve it for the way they are. But I guess, you know, it's 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 we in in today's world when we sort of monetize everything and Correct. we want to really understand the impact it would be a loss in billions and billions of dollars. Oh, absolutely. If, Once yeah, you have invested these, in ripping yeah. off Correct. you know uh something yeah. it's going to be like difficult to like you know start putting in uh, yeah, yeah. the effort Absolutely. into Absolutely. and i don't think it, imagine if we sort of like you know start today mm. let's say uh, we understand in a very ethiopian we mm-hmm. understood mm-hmm. we understood what we are doing wrong mm-hmm. and now we start sort of rebuilding it mm. it will take millenniums it will i mean uh, see to sort of this, uh, get back yeah, at least up uh, glimpse of it because That's how nature works I'm assuming it right? does it yeah. does but so the thing is see it's easy to bounce back as well okay. i mean you you first of all it's very important to understand where the problem is and mm-hmm. actually truly acknowledge it you cannot say okay i know this problem but i'm going to continue with it right okay if that is the attitude then there's no solution mm-hmm. right and uh, also trying to fix the problem at that particular side and saying okay i'm going to like fix I'm going to compensate this by doing something else somewhere. Mm-hmm. That also has its own problems because I'm not talking about problems that exist there. I'm talking about problems that exist here. Right. And you need to address that issue like a regional problem. If you if you are, you know, if you have a problem you know on your on, on your foot, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be like no, I'm going to take good care of my hands. That's right. that's just, that's stupid analogy to have and or other stupid thing to think of even mm-hmm. uh that's what we end up doing that okay we have so when we build our cities and we must, we grow them so much and then we're going to yeah. conserve some forest somewhere far away right so that animals can still be there right and that's that just blows my mind because i'm like what about what about the environment that's here yeah you know like how do you focus with that so acknowledging that particular problem and mm-hmm. then dealing with it accordingly is is a, is a good solution and see we've been living with animals for centuries i mean right. this is a part and parcel of our own evolution mm-hmm. so it's very it's not that difficult to go back to really respecting or understanding them and taking everyone's opinion about it like if yeah. you talk to people who live with animals they have a very different perspective like most of the uh that i will conserve this and i will conserve that that kind of feeling also comes from say people who are often disconnected with nature mm-hmm. uh, or rather they are not experiencing it yeah i mean they don't see the beauty of it in existence yeah so if it's there or not there it's completely it's a, yeah um, it's a romanticized idea as right. well uh, which often then blinds them to yeah. what happens in on the ground right um so people who have lived with who live with say who live next to the ocean mm-hmm. they really know what the threat of say declining fish yeah. stock or uh, or climate change will be because it directly affects their um uh, livelihood right but they're not going to be supporting you know massive changes that will completely destroy or mm-hmm. disrupt that comes from people who live in cities right or people who live in highly urban areas or something right. like that there's there's a discord and it it all comes down to how much we consume like this the if you look at if you put checks on all those things right. and genuinely work towards it then i think there is a solution lying somewhere but if you say that no this is we can't now undo cities the way they are mm-hmm. but we will make sure that you know the communities or some other person has to pay the fine for it correct then i think that's uh, that's a very difficult thing to deal with it like couple of years back i had seen this photograph i'm not photograph i had personally seen this like trolling boats mm-hmm. they sort of like swipe Mm. everything mm-hmm. 
yeah. you know i mean it's not just the flora and the fauna it's mm. like fish there's yeah. snakes there's and then uh, oh i i don't think it was a photograph it was uh, one of those uh, memes mm-hmm. it's like how you select six prawn prawns <laughs> <laughs> you have six prawns which you have selected from the entire yeah, sort of yeah. like you know yeah, tons yeah, I mean, and tons of like the flora and the yeah. fauna of the ocean bed the the analogy can be that if you to pluck a few fruits you just clear an entire forest that's Correct. the that's the way of trolling basically yeah. has been see it's a see all these they have micro players correct and if you address the micro players then the entire system gets fixed um or th- rather there is a, that's the way forward mm-hmm. to it because but it takes a lot of time and investment yeah. and which people don't which, have yeah they are very impatient they yeah. want results immediately and i mean problem, those prawns have to be on their instant noodles man they have to be yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what's going to make this going to yeah, be cranky where's my dish coming yeah, you know exactly and see i mean th- there were i mean when i was growing up and i've seen this change a lot that uh, there's no sense of seasonality anymore right like i want it on my plate or i want it anytime i want it mm-hmm. you know like it's, like it's become that way yeah. remember growing up yeah uh, we were discussing this yeah. like we would have like say vegetarian food yeah or like maybe a little bit of mm-hmm. non vegetarian yeah. uh, you know but sundays used to be like okay mm-hmm. we have like you know father goes out gets mm-hmm. the meat or the fish or mm-hmm. whatever you know uh, the protein the mm-hmm. and that used to be a sort of a well balanced yeah you know i mean it used to be okay there's there's some vegetables going in there so there's a sort of a thing mm. that doesn't exist anymore yeah it doesn't it doesn't i mean see uh, i i remember even like we used to we used to have seasons where we used to enjoy certain fruits right right today i can uh, today i get really really surprised when someone tells me oh i've had a mango this is the mm-hmm. month of december yeah and i'm like what like how did that happen right but that's that's i think the the con of you know globalization like on mm-hmm. one side it's great it makes people aware of each other and right. traditions and cultures and all of that there's a great melting pot mm-hmm. happening but on the other hand you know you can you can distinguish the two you can always have a melting pot of human cultures and yeah. traditions but you should respect natural resources for the way they are like Correct. they're seasonal so you 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 keep it that way and if, but you know we have we have merged and we have morphed all of that absolutely today. and yeah. i i keep on seeing even from uh, from um, the restaurant industry mm. of like you know standardizing things yeah. like i yeah. can imagine why um these boats they are f- i mean af- apart from the fact that now there's no fish available in near the coastline much they go deeper and the the ships are getting bigger yeah you know the lines the nets are getting bigger you know and they're fetching it because that you know the madam needs her prawns <laughs> in in, <laughs> in a minute or like in 5 minutes yeah i mean see because i think the demand uh, comes yeah. you know i think hence, everyone uh, should really shoulder their responsibilities i mean right. this is something i it's a, it's a lazy way to say these people are responsible mm-hmm. for it or these the x is responsible sure. y is responsible for it because you look at your own it's an orchestra everyone's yeah, part of the band exactly right? yeah. and everyone contributes to the sound right. so you need to really know your position mm-hmm. and you re- acknowledge it and then say okay i'm going to try and fix it or maybe have you know that kind of uh, pushed for it but then alone having that sentiment alone is not enough right because you need other systems to work simultaneously as, as well you need to make sure that it's okay for you to not have prawns all the time right. you can rely on some other fish so there have been a lot of initiatives that way yeah. you know a lot of organizations who work on marine conservation mm-hmm. have come up with calendars that yeah. you know are like okay don't avoid don't eat this but 
you can definitely eat this so yeah. no one's stopping you from eating it but enjoy that diversity that it's there yeah. because the diversity is not only great uh, for in from an ecosystem perspective yeah. even from a consumptive perspective it offers you great options uh, there's no pressure to just create one or just to keep on having one set of resources mm-hmm. all the time um you know this is something that i mean a conversation that so you know the, I, when i started my field work in south maharashtra is to work on sea snakes in malwan okay. and uh, i used to go on fishing boats with the fishermen right and um you know i used to be like oh i love seafood mm-hmm. and they would laugh back at me and <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and then you would look back look at me and like what how many fish have you eaten right and i'm like you know being a city bloke being like ah oh, yeah the bangra and the poplet <laughs> and the yeah that's it that yeah. used to be and he was like that's it yeah cuz i eat like 25 or 30 different kinds of fish correct okay and it's i'm not really going out there picking the one kind mm-hmm. of fish it's i eat whatever i get and yeah. they all have different whatever they add to my taste palette right and uh, you know that i'm a seafood mm-hmm. lover or mm-hmm. rather because i live next to the sea yeah. as well and you know so you coming and talking to me about or telling me about this thing sounds yeah. very rich and do like really i really was uh, it was an eye opening sort of encounter yeah. and also like yeah i really been stupid enough to say tell people that i love seafood cuz i will it's a very like, sele- but that's i don't know like where where's the origin of this um selective um, knowledge that we have like when when it comes to seafood like mm. i mean there was a, a trend in the middle i don't know if it's still on I, uh, fish for certain people means this basa mm-hmm. which has been farmed somewhere mm-hmm. and it comes it has a certain texture yeah. i mean you know for whatever reason but for them that is fish mm. yeah and you know any other texture man get it away from me yeah yeah i mean it's also how mainstream uh, consumptive practices have been sort mm-hmm. of streamlined and you know like commercialized and stuff like that. it's what it's how you sell it also right. that has played a big role and you But, know options have been very limited i mean i get so. i get the fact that okay you can uh, have these um, sort of farms mm-hmm. for you have a shrimp farm yeah. okay because there is a demand for that mm-hmm. and then there are a couple of fishes that can be farmed mm-hmm. you know but there are so many varieties that you can't right yeah. i yeah. mean it's sort of like trying to enforce yeah and have you seen those uh, have you seen how they sort of farm fishes there are places mm-hmm. uh, where they sort of like they don't remove one fish at a time yeah. they just drop in some fertilizers yeah mass graves correct they all yeah. pick it up come on yeah. wash them yeah. and yeah. just like you know uh, yeah. and and that's what people are buying and mm-hmm. eating it you know mm-hmm. uh, just because i don't know if much are aware maybe yeah. it comes on the news once in a while yeah uh, but no no uh, yeah i guess you know see the the supply and demand sort of de- mechanism used to be like uh, Okay, I need this because there's a demand. Mm-hmm. But there's a, we've also been creating that demand, right. right? So instead of just saying, okay, this is what's available, and you get you can enjoy this, yeah. Rather than saying, oh, I want that one particular, particular thing, one which has and to, and yeah, be, and yeah. that sort of like unilateral sort of homogenous consumptive yeah. drive is what's what has been causing problems. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll share this. Um, information which i got so uh, salmons mm. like you know there's a thing about um, smoked salmon mm-hmm. or something salmon on toast with your avocados uh, so the color of the salmon the flesh mm-hmm. comes from its journey up river mm-hmm. it's make using all those yeah. muscles they're yeah, developing yeah, yeah. Eat, eating all these insects correct they're eating and that's where the color comes from mm-hmm. now comes these mass 
producers mm-hmm. who are dying the f- <laughs> they're dying it man <laughs> they're putting <laughs> it's colored meat wow because you can when you when you work with this yeah. you can see the color coming off yeah which shouldn't happen right i mean you know uh, yeah i mean yeah that's i mean you're getting what i'm saying correct, so correct. it's like that when people are not aware they're enjoying it yeah and, and uh, i'm like all right but i don't think okay fine and, and that's healthy food mm-hmm. all of a sudden that mm-hmm. has become the healthy but then that's not really healthy is it yeah i mean i'm sh- i'm sure it's it isn't because it's just uh, what what adulteration of what it was correct. maybe um but yeah, again see it I, again i i know that this industry the food industry itself mm-hmm. is massive and it's yeah. it's there's so many layers to it that it's difficult to pick one you know and say this is this is at fault but i'm saying that you know if if a if a if a habit can be created mm-hmm. then you can also create good habits correct or sustainable habits it's so it's the only thing it's like who will take that who will you know everyone's the the question of who's going to bell the cat right right so people are hesitant to take the first step mm-hmm. towards in that direction of course there have been a lot more um you know sort of pushes and understanding of the sustainable way of doing right. things but it's only sustainable if a lot of people do it at Correct. once it can't be the sustainable can't be a fancy word mm-hmm. and unfortunately in some parts it's becoming in yeah. it's going of going in that direction where it's just lip service of you know okay i'm going to i'm going to do this sustainably but uh, the market that i'm getting into or something that i'm getting into still operates on unsustainable it, lines yeah it's it's definitely a long process like yeah. you said before and it takes time yeah and people don't have time correct you know because even when it comes to making these changes mm-hmm. finding that ba- balance and yeah. being really sustainable yeah uh it's it, it's it's going to take like you're going to you need to have generations and generations yeah. of like you know cooks you yeah. know uh, being invested yeah. into this see and see we've just gone through our currently still going through a pandemic correct i think this should have been a wake up call for yeah. a lot of people but it didn't yeah. uh, unfortunately it didn't because it got mired in all kinds of the politics of who's doing what and then you know yeah. you know it just sort of took over did you did you um, see these um, the amount of packaging that restaurants used uh during the pandemic and this is worldwide this is just not just india <laughs> this is worldwide okay you know just to be relevant uh, keep mm-hmm. their businesses from not you know okay. going yeah, yeah. Uh, going away mm-hmm. and uh, now all these things are floating back mm-hmm. in the ocean they're yeah. coming back yeah. you yeah. know uh, the sea, seagulls have yeah. a <laughs> See, you know packaging material absolutely. around them uh, snakes uh, you know uh, i mean it's crazy yeah pl- i mean plastic pollution is indeed um, you know one of the most problematic in fact it's uh, it's 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 that itch that never goes away you mm-hmm. know and it's in terms of dealing with it as a problem yeah because there's so much of it i mean just the numbers are huge yeah in terms of how much we pollute the oceans with uh, with plastic and it has now come back to us in terms of microplastics that we end up consuming right. plastic in some ways or the, one another because the organisms that because plastic doesn't really break down it turns into microplastics mm-hmm. or just becomes smaller and smaller versions of itself correct and it becomes it fishes consume it or mm-hmm. you know then gets passed on to birds or you know just sort of goes up into the ecosystem yeah. or the in the in the food chain ladder and so that's that's what's happening with 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 that particular problem so yeah i mean see again I told you like we are aware of these things. Right. We know this is this is the you know way forward in terms of okay this is bad and this is good and you know at least 
have that slow change you know like push for it and mm-hmm. some places you need it top down some yeah. places you need it to be done socially some places you need a cultural rev- sort of revolution to Correct. you know bring about that change so there's no one solution you know you got to work different solutions in different places and see which sticks and what, which doesn't what motivates you and your colleagues to go to work every day in terms of because you know the truth you mm-hmm. know how things function you know all these things i um, mean yeah i mean i i don't want to sound all high and mighty about these Correct. things but i do this purely because i am uh, i really like to spend time in the wild correct and it's really something that i genuinely mm-hmm. genuinely enjoy it's um uh, and you know uh, so that is the motivation that is big enough for right. that is the strong enough motivation for me and yeah i mean in terms of making sense to the larger audience or to say that okay as my obligation to the society mm-hmm. i say that, okay this this these are the benefits of what i really do right um and you know it 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 sort of also builds upon some knowledge that someone else can pick up and you know sort of replicate and mm-hmm. if it brings about any social change that's great yeah but uh, i it would be it i wouldn't want to say that i want to go out there and change the world because right the world has to change together Correct. it's 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 a it's a force that you know everyone has to sort of be part of together you can't just think of doing it you know by yourself um and you know you also need to think about what you really enjoy in in terms of this field because yeah there are fascinating sides to my profession which is like you get to spend time in forests and or yeah. beaches which people have not seen and get to see events like no one else has yeah and but you know and that's great that's amazing that's what i'm here for and that's what that, that's what keeps me going um uh, but the big the other side the flip side to that is that i don't know how long is this going to be so you know you show it to a larger audience mm-hmm. that okay fine you know what let's continue let's let this continue for at least the next 1000 years yeah or 2000 years or 10000 years whatever as long if if humanity can sustain itself for those long but that long right. uh that is but yeah it it needs to be you know that's my motivation like i i'm a i'm a freak when it comes to spending time with animals i had seen uh this a musician mm-hmm. had met, met a musician so he was kind of like you know just playing playing the guitar on his own yeah. and he's really enjoying it i mm-hmm. could see it on his end and then uh, one of his friends comes okay we are ready we have to go pe- play it for the public and you should have seen his face <laughs> <laughs> because that he was not ready for doing you know you know what i mean but yeah. on his own doing his thing was giving him so much of joy correct yeah and that was really cool you know because yeah. you could see that transition because mm-hmm. i know uh, like you know even a lot of cooks like they love cooking mm-hmm. but when you have to do it for a thing and all that's yeah. a completely different mindset correct because that's sort of like you know you have something that you like doing mm-hmm. but you're also sort of like okay i have to do this also because that yeah. generates a livelihood for me correct you know uh, so those things has to be considered and you know finding a sort of a proper yeah. balance I mean, out of, yeah you see you can't say that you don't have an obligation towards society i mean you can't you you survive because of the society, exactly. society yeah. around you so you need to sort of pay respect to that mm-hmm. as well but you know you got to find that balance right and for me for a lot of us actually it's like okay spending time in field is like nirvana mm-hmm. uh, but i can also tell you that field work means many many days of nothing happening correct like absolutely nothing happening i am also spending time in places where there's no network there's no phone there's right. no friends um for months together 
so they also come with their own set of challenges it's not rosy like you know it's yeah. not like no, definitely yeah and it's 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 the and it's little things that really bother you it's not mm. the big things right you know it's not always dramatic that a large animal will come and chase you and you have to run for your life yeah. no that doesn't happen that has never happened fortunately and but it's the smaller things you know it's like okay this is a this is a bed that i'm going to it's a, it's a hard bed it's not a proper bed yeah or uh, okay i'm not going to get food on time mm-hmm. um or you know damn mosquitoes like you know just yeah. like you don't it's a smaller smaller pr- things that really build up correct uh, sometimes then can really throw you off and a lot of people get thrown off mm-hmm. by that as well because they're like okay what is happening right you know like people who come for the experience and they don't get it because that's what they saw on tv mm-hmm. but uh, for most of us is just wait and watch so yeah. the only positive thing that it might do it'll really build up the sense of patience in you mm-hmm. like it, you got to be really patient yeah uh, and be prepared mentally to sort of spend time up, away from your comfort zone i mean i could i could only imagine like how long does you know these um, national geographic or mm-hmm. these discovery you see something maybe in a minute yeah i mean i mean that would be a absolutely long it's a it's a it's a it's a piece together correct. information 40 minutes yeah. 45 minutes running time for it right, right? but people spend 4 years 5 years mm-hmm. shooting all of that and see if you if you know the behind the scenes there's there's a lot of things that they don't show right right and because they have to also show it to cater it to a larger audience and mm-hmm. make it viewable without it being traumatic right um so how do you make that decision is something that you know the producers and all of these guys sit down together and decide but it's uh, it's it's really important to know that there's a lot of work that goes behind mm-hmm. so the product that you do see is um and it it's it all again comes down to luck cuz i've i've seen yeah. people who land up mm-hmm. okay and get to see something that i've been waiting 3 years to see okay and then they just go back with a oh wow great that is amazing mm-hmm. and you know and sometimes i've seen be, you know and you know like sometimes colleagues have seen say have had sightings or seen an event okay that that happened when i wasn't there right right and i was i was i was there like an hour ago yeah and then i left and someone gives me a call saying oh there's this happening right now and you missed it and i'm okay. like wow so you know this it's it's a combination of all these things like all these experiences but whatever experience i do have it's just been just 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 brilliant it's just there's no comparison so are you seeing a lot of um, shift when it comes to people because there are a lot of people talking about conservation then there mm-hmm. are people who are actually practicing it yeah. from a day to day thing because they i don't know if they're aware of yeah. these sort sort of challenges where yeah. you have to give away a few comforts of your life yeah. you know in order to just pursue and know everything i mean in order to conserve snakes mm-hmm. you should know you know yeah. a lot see, about them yeah, in terms and of see, but the thing is you need you really need those skills as well correct um I feel that scientists can only do so much to conserve. Right. But they're not great conservationists because you also need to ro- play a lot of different roles. Mm-hmm. You got to don a lot of hats. Right. To be a con- you got to be an economist, you got to be a sociologist, you got to be uh, uh uh you know a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, you, you got to and you got to have great people skills right. as well. A lot of us call us proudly call us loners. Yeah. All right. And we don't want to be around this hustle bustle mm-hmm. in city so we want to that is a terrible yeah. terrible approach to take to conservation. Also yeah. It's depressing at the same time. It yeah. does. And then you know you can't really achieve results yeah. because you're really running out of patience with people. Correct. And if you're working with people and that's what conservation is all about. It's mm-hmm. not about dealing with animals. Yeah. It's making space with 
you know like ha- for a dialogue with people right to accommodate whatever you want to achieve mm-hmm. so it's it's important to sort of know that dichotomy yeah. and a lot of conservation ngos that i know you know do do, do this they play mm-hmm. different roles you know like from having from starting tournaments yeah where it's like a social cohesion an activity yeah. for the community okay or you know you sit and you show the kids i mean this i think a couple of times i've seen it where some organizations had stargazing events with right. local kids mm mm-hmm. and every every for they would pick a particular day and show them and that itself would be an enough reason for people to listen to you yeah. they are huh, you're doing something good okay this is something different okay yeah. okay i'm going to listen to you okay i'm trying to try and that is the first step that's how conservation actually works when you build in that trust exactly i mean you know you need to work with yeah. people if if let's say if me as a person i don't understand a certain aspect maybe yeah. for me uh, dolphins are beautiful mm mm-hmm. but uh, i would not know two cents about yeah. uh, a dolphin or what, what are the struggles happening yeah. in that sort of a thing unless somebody explains it to me yeah. uh, in my experience what i have seen is basically i mean because yeah you mentioned it correct that you know there is this tag of mm-hmm. uh, people who are like you know uh, the, you know work uh, in this field they are sort of like loners mm-hmm. they keep themselves detached mm-hmm. so what happens is it defeats the purpose right yeah. Yeah. in terms of okay i want to know more about it yeah. i think that's how we sort of uh, started uh, talking and discussing yeah. is but it's this interest yeah. and then sort of like it has to be uh, matched correct you know i mean you you, you did not stop at yeah. Uh, yeah, information yeah. right yeah. you answered yeah. questions i mean mm-hmm. th- there has been many incidents it's like okay no this is how it is this mm-hmm. is how it is and th- that's not really interesting right yeah. you're not forming an interest correct see uh, yeah yeah i mean if if your idea is to bring about a social change and change your attitudes of people towards conservation mm-hmm. uh um, you really need to pick your audience and treat with deal with them in that appropriate manner correct uh most of us have to do it professionally so mm-hmm. we have to really be patient with talking to people talking to city mm-hmm. pe- you know city folks or rural folks or you know any of that the yeah. challenges are very very different and but they are but they're also similar correct like they yeah. like they're humans you're also dealing with innate human nature right right like look at the challenge of asking people to wear masks mm-hmm. today oh, right yeah. like you know it's we we have experiments yeah. like you know like there is many youtube videos that say why masks are effective correct they are not they may be not engine they may be not uh, you know like it's not like the kind of sophistication you see in you know you're not you may not be asked to walk around like people with in hazmat suits or something like that right but it's just a simple the most simple solution is mostly yeah. like occam's razor where you know the simple solution is often the best yeah solution and this is this, that's been a challenge yeah uh, you know because it's uh, to ask if someone comes and tells me don't do this because it's not right i'm going to be like just who the hell are you yeah right so that's the first instinct and overcoming that attitude mm-hmm. is the challenge Correct. for for most conservation if you if you notice it's like the, remember the first time we all went into lockdown together mm-hmm. it was fear yeah pure fear yeah nothing more mm-hmm. and that's that's one way of sort of like has been in history also of mm-hmm. keeping order in yeah. uh, with people yeah. in general mm. you know because if let's say okay you guys like how it was in japan they were mm. asked mm. to wear masks mm. they were not enforced mm-hmm. sort of i mean that's what i had read about it mm. you know that uh, as a community they understand 
that okay we have to protect us ourselves first and then the other so there is an understanding of them you know and and that as a community which is nice but that what makes me sort of think is the fact that it is also the community mm. that goes and starts uh, wail um, what how like you know like wailing wailing yeah. yeah you're getting it. It, it the spectrum is quite i mean that's 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 yeah. the that's human society for you right Correct. like the spectrum is incredible like yeah. you look at uh we look at the gods mm-hmm. that we have in you know in hinduism right um half of them are with animals right right you i don't i don't think i've seen a god without an animal mm-hmm. next to him but you but and a lot of it gets reflected in conservation practices as well right like i was talking about the king cobra with you earlier and people don't kill that animal right in that particular hamlet or mm-hmm. that village because uh, they're like you know this is god yeah. this he, he's come into our house and we're not going to chase him away but oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know beyond a certain but if you but he's been if he's been in your house for 3 days or 4 days and you need to go to your house then they they call us and be like can you please come and gently take it away yeah so that attitude exists Correct. okay but there's also another hand where they go and kill vipers yeah. right or uh wine snakes or any other snake that they find the same set of people right so you do find this dichotomy like this differences everywhere mm-hmm. uh see when it comes to like enforcing masks versus you got to do what you got to do in certain places right you know if people are not listening to you and if, because it doesn't matter if you're japanese or indian or the human body in many of these places operates on similar lines correct so if it really works on one set of people mm-hmm. then it should logically work for the other right. as well so it's also like you know how willing are you to make that to be a part of that change as well so again i would not say that enforcement merely would work right. that you got to also start telling people why it's important to do so exactly so some of us like wear masks you know like because we want to because we want to be safe and i want to keep the person next to me safe as well right but someone may not see that point of view at all and you know it you you got to use a mixed method sort yeah. of method uh, ad- approach to sort of address that particular issue so not the same with conservation it's the one size fits all that doesn't really work Correct. now it may work in worked in this particular small space or mm-hmm. one geographic area right but to expect that to work around the world or in everywhere yeah. is it's it's a bit of a stretch exactly and that's that's what makes me understand because every community you have to approach in a different mm-hmm. way right yeah. i mean isn't hasn't that been like let's say uh, the 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 trolling uh, the people who go trolling mm-hmm. right uh, they have uh, in the south is yeah. different in the west is different yeah. in the east is different yeah. i mean the, you have to approach yeah them yeah yeah apart af- apart from the fact that you have crossed the language barrier Absolutely. And, and you know yeah. and sat at home and had dinner with them then Correct. it's about making them understand how not to do or what ha- what is the implications in the future or yeah. things like that and same goes with any sort of um a community mm-hmm. even when it comes to the city yeah. you know i mean they say the people in the city need to be more aware i mean they are Uh, they are already quite aware of mm-hmm. things you know but you would be surprised that i mean it's not it's not I mean, yeah. it's not it's not really and then you know you should, people should also really uh a couple of things that really sort of um uh, not put me off but you know kind of disappoint me is mm-hmm. that uh, is a, is a very preachy attitude that yeah. you know that we have like you because you live in the city you're civilized mm-hmm. and you 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 live somewhere far away or you know if you live in a countryside you know or with forest around you then you don't know or it's it's like 
you know some communities have been called uncivilized for some reason right right uh, and most of these communities are animals uh, or people who live with animals or Correct. with wild animals or stuff like that and sometimes this is problematic because the preachiness comes in quite quickly yeah. you know many uh, many act most of activism that nowadays you see it's happening on social media but you see right. where they're coming from mm-hmm. you know where the people are coming from it's mostly from cities who are quite ignorant about their own consumptive practices like right. if i had to ask you a question as to how much water does bombay use in a day right right um the on the amount would be staggering yeah right definitely and we are living in a time of water conservation where water is a big issue yeah in many parts of the world and it is going to be a real issue yeah. you know in, in the, the coming yeah. few decades so who's to, who who has to take the mantle like who has to take the initiative and this is something that can only happen by with this in using multiple approaches to deal with that problem right. you know so in places you got to enforce you got to then say okay you're only going to get water for so many hours mm-hmm. uh versus you're going to get water throughout all the time but make sure that it's used yeah. in this particular manner no, but what i what i feel is the fact that okay now when it comes to you you only have the morning to mm-hmm. use your water mm mm-hmm. I think that maybe that approach can work. You know how um like how the Chinese had the one kid policy. Yeah. But okay. they can. I mean yeah, think about but it. But now that that has been revoked. Yeah, right? it is it's because it's backfired. It's right? backfired yeah, big time. Yeah. yeah. And you know? the thing is again, you know, you stick to one thing and Correct. you'll be like okay, this is going to solve there's no silver bullet. Exactly. I and mean, you know so you do not go into okay, this is the yeah. this is the game plan Correct. and we're going to stick with this yeah. you know and then that doesn't work and yeah. then we're like okay sorry you know absolutely and and you ask a question as to who gets water for only in the morning yeah. is it going to be for every citizen or Correct. everyone who's living in the city i don't mm. think so yeah i don't think so because if you are if you are economically well you know privileged mm-hmm. right you are in a well to do house and you have money and all of that i don't think if if i come and tell you you got to use water only for say 5 hours in a day mm-hmm. i don't think that change is seen there cuz yeah. you know i don't exactly think those people are going to like no yeah okay yeah, fine and then it become like any other thing it'll yeah then it becomes niche. responsibility for people who are say possibly economically not well, privileged yeah. or exactly. downtrodden you know then that then that becomes exploitation that really doesn't become like for a, even 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 if for a good cause correct then it becomes more exploitative because only one set of people are made to be like okay do yeah. this this is for the environment this is for the planet right. while you know we going to never share or reduce our footprint yeah you know that's that, that is just it's 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 a it's a new form of colonialism yeah and so if there's a snake bite mm mm-hmm. Should I suck on it? <laughs> to <laughs> get it out? Like, wait. Uh, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Never. Because uh, you know, if you're bitten by a viper, yeah. There's this So, India has uh, about 60 and odd species of venomous snakes. Mm-hmm. Out of which four are called as a big four. Okay. Because they're responsible for the most number of snake bites. Okay. That is because they're also very commonly co-occurring with people. Okay. and uh, so there's a very small species called a sawskill viper okay okay it it is a, it has got a hematoxic venom mm-hmm. which means that it causes massive ruptures in blood capillaries and causes massive bleeding okay so you will bleed out of possible every you know every possible orifice in your body you'll bleed out of your eyes ears nose mm-hmm. you know and uh, so if you're sucking out venom mm-hmm. if you're bitten by that snake you're just prolonging or rather quickening your, your blood process. loss and death 
you know in that particular in in that particular instance uh best thing to do is to take yourself to a hospital right right now if you're living in a place where there's no hospital because why it's just an unfortunate administrative lapse mm. according to me because you know that these problems exist here right okay so building having a decent public health infrastructure is necessary to tackle yeah that is the other side there's a right. rum sign to say that you can avoid a snake bite by mm-hmm. taking necessary precautions if you're going out in the dark carry a torch right if you're sleeping on the floor you know uh you know you use uh, mosquito nets uh and tuck them under your bed so that you create a barrier and nothing can sort of crawl into your bed um you take those simple precautions and you're safe yeah right uh on but on the other hand that doesn't mean that that's what people should do all their lives you build damn hospitals right so that people have access to primary health uh, you know and uh, you tackle with that problem together in those using both of those approaches you can't just say okay this is the this mm-hmm. is a respite for snake bite so and you know another interesting fact is that snakes don't always bite uh, uh, right. put venom yeah they call it dry bites okay. where the snake bites you but doesn't inject venom okay because venom is uh, expensive Right. You know, it takes time for it to build it. Okay. To accumulate, and it's for prey. That's interesting. Yeah, Very it's for prey. Okay. It's not to just spend mm-hmm. or splurge. Um, and if it if a snake does bite you, right, and that is because it's really pissed at you because you either stepped on it mm-hmm. or you grabbed it or it something. It depends like on that. the category. Yeah. So if it really bites all that venom, then it takes some time for the snake to sort of, you know, refill. Right. To get a refill, and. Um, um, During that time, if there's a prey mm-hmm. or something dances around it and it just misses an opportunity, then the snake has been waiting for so long right. for that food to come by, so and he just ruined it for it. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's a it's a very interesting, um, and it and the another thing about snake bite is that it's been ignored for a long time as a public health mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. Uh, this is at a much larger scale. Let you know, people people have included snake bite in the same category as malaria. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, especially WHO has done that yeah. it has come up with protocols to deal with snake bites and given directives you know every hospital has mandated to keep anti venom mm-hmm. because it's it's an important life saving drug are, are, like so are anti venoms um different for different snake bites yeah, or is yeah, it okay they are, they are very snake specific right um so what we've done over the past 22 decades is that we've created this super anti venom okay. super juice called Uh, it's called polyvalent anti venom which okay. which has uh, the cobra crate russell's viper soskill viper all of them Ooh. put together and but they're only operating at 25% efficiency mm-hmm. 25% efficiency for cobras crates you know right. like so you so to get us to get an effective response against say a snake bite you need to pump in a lot of anti venom and people Correct. are allergic to anti venom as well yeah yeah So you, the other way to sort of like make sure that the person is alive is to take them to a hospital. Mm-hmm. If they're allergic, then they give they put on say life uh, supporting d- machines. Right. So they'll be given they'll be given ventilators. Mm-hmm. They'll be put on dialysis, and just given them give them time to and then do blood transfusion of course. Right. And save their life. But there's no other solution. I mean, Mithun's. Uh, uh, Technique of, <laughs> of snake <laughs> sucking the venom out of the snake is yeah, just yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, no he can be actually sued for that yeah maybe he was I don't know <laughs> I those don't, things I don't think out. so all right man thanks so much for doing this thank, thank you thank you for calling me this yeah, was this great was, this is really good fun 
yeah it was uh, i know we have not spoken about a lot of other <laughs> aspects and things and all maybe we'll save it for the next yeah, time yeah we should we should definitely all right man see you see ya thank you thanks ऐसी चल रहा है वो इट्स